You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. And welcome to Trophy Wars, this is episode 562. I'm your host, Tricky Mick. Alongside me, the man, the myth, the legend, it's Alex. You know, I've spent so much time in outer space these last few weeks, with this month, this past month, really, that I think it's time to come back down to Earth and play something else. He brings the not-so-awesome punches to the face. It's I yield to, I know, I yield to no one. Your jaw a little sore? Dude, that, that was getting annoying after a while, <laughs> I gotta tell you. <laughs> You know I love you like your brother, but that was damn annoying. <laughs> you know, I, I only did it a couple times just for the fun of it. Then it just kind of got carried away. What? Yeah, and then y'all want to give JT. some context for this? What's what's going on? No, oh, no, 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 Creed no, related? no, yeah, no, yeah. You 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 don't get since you don't show up, you don't get involved. Uh, well, it takes so damn long for y'all to get together to do this. Like what? It took y'all four weeks to get together to play some Assassin's Creed. Matt GC is context. I need context. Well, Tricky was finally able to join us for some Assassin's Creed 4 multiplayer boost. No, notice he oh. said Tricky was finally able to join us. Yeah, three okay. three of the four of us can normally get our schedules together. It's, it's, okay, hold on, hold on. Well, it, can, but, can, but that's the truth, though. You, you But can I, can, I, can I add some context into this, though? I mean, if you want to, can I finish first? Then you can add your context in. Okay, you can. Okay. You, I'll let you finish. So... So we're multiplayer boosting, and you run up, and you, know, you let the other dude kill you. So sometimes, as as the dude being cannon fodder, you can stun the dude going to kill you. So sometimes Tricky wouldn't kill right away, so we'd punch him to stun him and get some points. And then it kind of turned into a, well, let's just see if we can just walk up and punch him right away <laughs> and drag this out. And so, yeah. It was it was fun times. I tried to, I tried okay. to do it from the roof, and it wouldn't fall down and hit him. Okay, but see this this is the annoying part of how Yield was doing it compared to how I was doing it. Yield because to get most the the maximum number of points, you have to stand there until the until this little circle comes up to 150. Then you get the maximum points for the kill. I Yield would wait until I was able to kill him, and then a split second before I was able to kill him, punch me. When I did it, I just ran up to the bench and just punched them. <laughs> they would wait until the last second, so it's like I pressed the button to kill you. Now, all right, now we gotta wait another ten seconds to kill you. All right. So context: you, JT, and Nitro all work days. Yes. So I I work nights, so it's hard for me to get into your gaming sessions unless you know there's a certain night. The problem with me lately is, and I probably shouldn't be saying this live on a podcast. You've had it. There's uh, been issues at work. Well, no, no. What I was going to say is I can sometimes, quote unquote, leave work early and get home by nine o'clock. Lately, because of issues at work with grown men acting like babies, I haven't been able to do that. So I've had to cancel on you guys twice in the last week. Well, at least the last two weeks, we haven't been able to get together. 
Yeah. But that but, but that'll change because Homer's about to get his copy this week, and we'll have well we'll have to help him and Tricky get up there. But anyway, yeah, well, I'm, I'm I'm halfway there. I'm up to twenty seven already. Yeah, and so is basically about the rest of us. We're all about the same area. So yeah. But when you just only have one person to do, it'll be no problem getting Homer max fifty five in no time. Yeah, because all all you gotta do is just you know. Be cannon fodder for I don't know how many games. Did did anybody ever calculate how many games it's going to take for us to all get to fifty five? No. Maybe some of us should do that. I I, I think they said what I read something like eight hours is what it would take. Well, I'm not worried about how many hours. I'm just worried about how many games. Well, games I don't know. Because once we get up to the max of points, we can just run into a zone and end the game basically. Well, you're if all you do is capture one zone like we're each doing, then you'll never max. You should never max out on points before time runs out. That's true too. All right, uh, so let's get on with the show because uh, my jaw is kind of sore. Uh, updated trophy counts. I am level eight hundred and thirty-one, which, which is ironically my union number. Uh, I got total trophies of 25,159 with 672 Platinums. Alex, who doesn't uh, have the agenda dude, up. Dude, well, you, you completely just cock-blocked me there. I am level 472 with a total trophy count of 8,516 and a Platinum count of 140 in 139 games. I got a new Platinum this week. All right, we'll get into that in a second. Yield? Goddamn oh. <laughs> So blasphemous. Level. Oh, you know, you know, I'm not religious. Four eighty nine, <clears throat> with a trophy count of nine two three nine, and a platinum count of one sixty three. And Sid is level four hundred. No, that can't be right. Yeah, four hundred forty six. No, he he's got to be higher than that. Oh, yield! You put up Sid's old trophies. No. Yes. He went back to his original account. Well, Give me one second. Yeah. I don't think you were here for last week. No. Remember, I was midget wrestling. Uh, Alright, give me one second. Let me just look up Sid's trophies real quick. Uh, Yeah, Sid went back to his other account. Oh. Okay. Uh, See? Info, man. I, 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 that's what I was like. That's a little low for him. No, uh, that was the number that he was using. Sid is level 830, total trophies of 22,933, with 716 Platinums. I'm going to have to get that mofo. I told him I was going to pass him. Uh, all right. Yield up, up, yield. Alex, you said you got a new Platinum. What's your new Platinum, sir? Uh, tell us what you've been playing. Well, my new Platinum is in Heavenly Bodies which there's actually a story to go along with that because I thought it really screwed myself. Did anyone have any right, issues with PlayStation? You'll wake me up in 10 minutes when he's done with the story. All right, well, Get out. people come here for trophy talk, and I'm trying to give them the trophy talk, and, you, and <laughs> Tricky's just being a jerk about it. But no, I uh, did anyone have any issues? I know I'm up later than usual on Thursday night into Friday morning, but like I had issues with the PSN on... Yeah, uh, the P- PSN went down for a couple hours. Okay, because I... It was like recognizing that I was PlayStation Plus Premium, but I couldn't stream anything. I couldn't download anything. I couldn't access the cloud. And because of that, 
So usually like the first option you have when you go to upload the stuff, the save files on your console to the cloud is upload. Well, I just got done doing my first run of the final level in Heavenly Bodies and I went to go upload my save data. Well, upload wasn't my first option. Delete my save data was. So guess what I did for my console? I deleted Ooh, my save data. Ouch. And of course, with the PSN down, I'm like, did I just screw myself? Because if I have to go through this game again with these wacky controls, I probably won't do it, regardless of how many trophies I need or not. Uh, but luckily, a few hours later, or like an hour later or so, I was able to re-download my save data from the cloud. I had saved up to level six. There are seven seven levels, so I you know I, I didn't have to do much more playthrough. I had just had to go play through the seventh level again. Uh, got my platinum trophy, and yeah, that game... I understand, like, the controls and, like, the difficulty in the game. There's no enemies. There's no bosses. It's just literally the maneuvering around, like, the space. You know, spatial movement, that is the challenge. And dealing with the controls and being in space and in physics, that's the challenge of the game there. And I get that. But for me, like, the controls are, like, the base, most fundamental thing of a video game that should be right. And, you know, they intentionally made the controls the way they were, so it's not like they're bad controls in any regard. But when the controls just frustrate me so much, like... At the very base level, I can't really enjoy a game. So yeah, I started this game, got some trophies, and like, if if I could erase those trophies, I probably would have stopped playing this game. But because I got some trophies, and it like, well, I can't have this be a two percent of my uh, damn profile. So I guess I got to muscle my way through it. So uh, an interesting game, very different, and uh, great presentation. But again, the controls to me are just so frustrating. Even if they're meant to be frustrating, the biggest challenge of the game that I wouldn't really recommend this to anyone because it's just. It fundamentally, in a lot of ways, not fun to play through. Although there is kind of like there are three settings to the, the the controls, and one of them is assisted, which makes it easier to get through space. But then you have to play on Newton Newtonian controls, um, which kind of staggers your momentum quite a bit, and you and it relies more on like you actually grabbing things and pushing yourself places. So controls for me, just kind of like I'm glad I got through it, but I I just immediately erased that game from my my console because I never want to play it again. Um, the, uh, beyond that, I actually started one uh, game that Yield had been playing, Bug Snacks. Finally jumped into that. Uh, you know, a world where every character looks like they're a McDonald's Happy Meal toy. Which, you know, after playing Dead Space and how serious that was, and then going through, like, the frustration of, of trying to get through Heavenly Bodies, like, the perfect game to play, because it's very easygoing, very charming, very uh, carefree. So, I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying the game. In some ways, it doesn't feel like a PS5 game because it feels so kind of, like, rudimentary um, and kind of just goofy. I don't know, Yield, did you get that, that feeling when you were playing it that it almost didn't feel like a PS5 game? Oh, that's exactly what I thought when I was playing the game. But, I mean, like, still, it's still like a fun game, though, because, like, the point of the game is you're on this island, you're a photojournalist, you're, there's an overriding story to everything that you're trying to figure out where this, you know, this one nature hunter uh, I, that's probably not the right way to put it but this one observer of nature has has gone and disappeared and, and like there's a, so there's a story to it but at the base the gameplay is you're trying to figure out not only how to capture all the bug snacks with uh, on your camera but also how to catch them in real life so like catch them on film catch them in, in like uh, in a little net and uh yeah, that's basically the biggest challenge of the game. Some only come out at night, some only come out during certain times of weather, or certain types of weather. So, a very silly game, as I'm, I'm sure Yield mentioned when he played through it, but a very enjoyable game, and at the same time, an easy trope, a platinum. And like I said, after, it's kind of a palate cleanser after some of the games I had recently played. So, 
I am enjoying it, and um, and yeah, it's one of the games that I downloaded from Premium, so it is on on the uh, the game catalog for PlayStation Plus Extra. So, you know, I'm gonna be with Tricky giving me, you know, two years of PlayStation Plus Premium. Essentially, I'm gonna be saving a ton of money here these next few years because, like I said, I've, I've downloaded Chicory, I've downloaded a few other things, but you know, the game catalog. Uh, that's available to me on premium, the classics catalog, but also the, the the game library for extra is actually going to get afford me a lot of stuff to play. So, my first few experiences with PlayStation Plus Premium have been pretty uh, pretty positive because I mean, like I said, the next few years it's going to save me quite a bit of money. So uh, you're you're welcome, and Yield should jump on that bandwagon. Well, you know, Yield feels guilty asking you for that much money, so I, I understand I, where you're coming from. Yield, did you ever figure out how much it would cost me? No, because I haven't looked because I, I honestly don't know if I was going to use it for a year because I was like, all right, I'll try it for a year. But I don't think I'd use it any more than that. Well, after listening to Alex say how good it is, you, you're not intrigued anymore? No, I'm not intrigued. No, and I mean, like, you know, within the next, you know, it's going to be like Game Pass in a way that all of Sony's big titles are going to end up there at some point. It's just going to be like, it's kind of like that TV to Netflix or TV to whatever like streaming service. It's like new episodes come out, uh, like or you get the the this newest season the year following when they release on TV. So on a streaming service, they'll come out a year after they originally show up on TV. In a lot of cases, this is going to be you're going to get the big titles. It's just going to be a year afterwards. And if you want to play, I have no problem having the service, but then also buying like the Horizons that I really want to play or. You know, I can wait a year on Spider-Man, so I'll just wait until that comes to extra. So, again, you don't want to make the Game Pass comparison, but in the end, all the big games, all the first-party games are going to make it onto the service. You just are going to have to wait a little extra time for Sony's, but there's a pretty broad catalog of games going on there, and they're constantly updating a lot of the games, you know, that are being added or, you know, games that people want to play. So, I do, I've always had a very positive view on PlayStation Plus, and like I said, 120 bucks a year for the catalog that they give you is, you know, it's a pretty good deal. Now, over time, as I play, play, play more and more of the games, is it going to be as seem as good? Maybe not, because there's only so much they can do with the game catalog. I mean, they're constantly adding stuff and taking stuff stuff off. But, um, but yeah, overall, I, I'm, you know, I'm very appreciative that uh, the tricky gave me two years of it because I'm finding quite a bit to play and not having to really pay for it. So. All did, right. I, did I put you uh, to sleep there, Tricky? Is that... You did. Nitro says, congrats on the new plat, Alex. And Matt G says, bunger. Oh, yes. Bunger, bunger, and, bunger, and, bunger, bunger, bunger. And bunger, BBQ bunger. bungers. Bungers, bungers. If for anyone who doesn't know, that's one of the little uh, hamburger or cheeseburger bugs that's walking around in bug snacks. Sure. Yeah. Yield, what have you been playing, sir? Uh, I've been playing some video games. How about you? You've been punching people in the face, I heard. <laughs> that's good times. So, um, what have I been playing? Let me bring it back up. Wake up, phone. So, I have been playing some Church in the Darkness, uh, trying to get my mole run done. I keep getting killed. So, but that's because I no, try to... Nobody likes a mole. I try to rush myself. A uh, little bit of defunct. That game's probably going to go on the back burner until I can do some looking to see if I can get that one... If I can get the version to go back to 1.0 so I can get the one trophy that's kind of locked out because of the last patch they did for the game. Well, you, uh, yeah, you can't, you can't revert to another patch yield. That's uh, not what the internet says. Yeah. We had, uh, okay. 
Pause. We had this conversation in text chat. I've never heard of a digital game being able to be reverted back to version 1.0. Now, I'm not saying it's not possible. I've never well, that, that, heard that, that, That's why I tagged in that post that I found on the internet that says you you can. Right, but it doesn't say how to do it. I think you've got to download it to the computer. You've got to go to this one program. And then from there, I think you... Well, how do you download it to the computer? I don't know, dude. I didn't read it. I just saw that it looks like it is possible. <laughs> because people are doing it. You go to PSN Profiles. People are still currently getting the Platinum. So there is a way to do it because you can't buy this game physical. It's digital only. So there, there's a way to do it. and People are still currently getting the Platinum. So... But... Anyway. Okay. I, I just Googled. I'm going to read this article as you're talking. That's fine. So if I, so, if I miss something you say, please I, forgive uh, me. Some World of Warship Legends, uh, some Rocket League uh, got done what I wanted with the season pass, and I can finally stop for a week. Uh, some Deep Rock Galactic, uh, some Zombie Army 4 Dead War. Mainly, well, no, I played through the game to get my hard mode done. Now it's just kind of... Uh, kind of trophy clean clean up collectibles yada yada and I'll have that platinum um I don't know forgot to ask JT this I don't know if I could claim that for a game playing through it this year for the backlog beatdown even though technically I've already beat the game I just beat it on a harder difficulty don't know but anyway some zombie army 4 uh, fired up some Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag for the multiplayer boost that JT, Nitro, Tricky, and I were doing. And uh, finally, uh, some Jack 3. Finally got back into the Jack and Daxter series. Looking to finish that up. So, What encouraged you to go back to Jack 3? Well, I had played 1 and 2. What was it? I, finished, I did 1, the end of 21, and the start of 22, I did 2. And I was so frustrated by the end of 2 that I decided I was going to take a break. And I had been meaning to want to play something new. Uh, January, I did a really good job of of uh, my wife and I are working through uh, the Immortals DLC. And I was able to play some other games. I played uh, Plague Tale and I played Bug Snacks. Then we got into February and she's been busy doing her crafting stuff. I've been every game that I kind of want to play have been games that she wants to watch the story. And I'm like, fudge, can't play this game, can't play that game. So I kind of spent most of February kind of just farting around with DLC stuff. And I was, believe it or not, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. I was getting the itch that I wasn't really earning as many trophies as I liked. And I was kind of just getting this itch. I got to earn some trophies. I want to play something new. So I was looking through my system one night of, of games that I haven't downloaded yet to my 4, and I was like, oh, I need to finish Jack 3, and I know she has no interest in that. You know what? Let's let's do it. So I did. I beat it in, oh, I don't know. I think I started it Tuesday or Wednesday. I finished the story right uh, about 45 minutes before I came up here to record. And now i got to get another 550 Precursor Herbs for the Platinum, 
they say you can do it legit. I don't think I'm going to beat my head against the wall and do it that way. I think I'm just going to use the debug menu and do it in about 20 minutes. So, but yeah, so next week I should have that platinum. Uh, Zombie Army 4, eh, maybe. I, should, I may have that by the end of the week as well. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But that's been about it for me, I think. I don't think we did. What? Oh, well. Since I wasn't here last week, I also did some Diablo 3. And I think that's it. All right, well, that's perfect timing because I literally just got done reading. Perfect. Uh, I'll put the link in the uh, Skype chat for you guys. It, it's doable, uh, isn't it? Okay, according to this, and... Uh, I mean, we, I mean, we listen. might as well talk about it. We're a trophy horse show, show and this is... Or a trophy show, and this is talking about how you can revert stuff back. I, I I take no responsibility of whether or not this is going to bork a system or if this is going to work. I'm just telling you what this web, particular website saying. Um, hold on. Okay, so what it says is you have to download this program on your computer called PSX Helper. Once you do that, um, it says once you've opened the PSX Download Helper application, Take note of the IP address and change the port number from 8080 to 8888. The next thing you want to do is customize your PS4 to allow the application to do its job. Go to settings, set up internet, custom on your PS4, and just click through your existing internet settings, wired or Wi-Fi, until you get to the proxy settings. In there, you'll want to enter the IP address, which was the in the application, and also the port number, which should now be 8888. Go back to the application and hit start, followed by the OK. The error message pops up, and that's all you do. Go back to your PS4 and download any digital PSN game. It will download 1.0 of the game and refuse to download any patches or updates. If you if you have already downloaded the game previously, you'll have to delete the game and then re-download it. It's strongly advised that you go to settings, system, automatic updates on your PS4, and disable them. As long as you have the application running on your PC, your PS4 shouldn't download any games or any updates. One thing to note, the application seems to stop working after a while, causing the PlayStation 4 to throw up an error on the download saying it can't download anymore followed by an error code. If this happens, simply close the application on your PC and then reopen it and then hit start, then OK on the message and then go back to your PS4, press options on the download and tell it to resume. It will continue. Um. So yeah, that that's how it says doing it. Yeah, but that was the PS4, not the PS5. Yeah. Uh. Well. Uh. Yeah. Okay. This says how to download. I don't know if you could do it on the PS5. It may just be that somebody hasn't figured out how to do it on the PS5 yet. Well, this article was also written... Hold on. When was this article written? Uh, I think it was in 2021. I just clicked off of it. Hold on. Do, 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 do. Do. Oh, somebody said... Somebody asked two years ago, have you managed to get the support of PS5? And there was no response. <laughs> uh, this article was written... On uh, October 4th, 2021. So that was before the PS5 came out, correct? Uh, yes. Yes. It, I got mine PS5 in 2022, and I don't feel like I got mine within 
Did I get mine within seven months of it coming out? Six, seven months of it coming out? I, I think I think the PS5 came out in November of 21. Uh, no, it came out in 2020, because remember it hit, it was right during the pandemic. Did it? PS5 launch, hold on. PS5 launch. 2020, so November 12, 2020. Okay, so came out a year. article was a year after. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Do that at your own risk, because I'm... I don't want to go in and mess with any of that stuff, because I'm afraid I'm going to mess something up, and... Is that... What is it, one trophy yield? Yes. Is it is it worth messing with the, the console that much? I don't know. I, that's why I said I have to I have to do some thinking. See what happened on the last I guess on the last patch, there is a there are trophies associated with finding a there's like four secrets and you have to find you know find secret in this area find secret in that area blah blah blah. Well, when you find secret in area one, the second trophy pops. When you find secret in area the second secret, the third trophy pops and then so on. And then when you get to the fourth one no trophy pops because it already popped for the third one you know you thought maybe you'd get to the fourth one and the first one would pop well that's not what happens and then so that first trophy will not pop but but that's what i found out people were reverting the game back to 1.1 or 1.01 1.0 and then the trophy will pop but basically, an update borked the trophy, is what you're saying. Yeah, though. yeah. The, the the 1.02 update borked that trophy, and just that one only. And and I, I just want to say this: I, I love Google because I just googled when the PS5 launch date was, and you know they you know on Google how it says people also ask this. Somebody asked, "Is the PS6 coming out before the PS5?" Well, yeah. We mean yeah. I just being dumb. <laughs> uh, all right, Yield. You played anything else? Uh, I've if I did, I don't remember. All I right, kind of played a lot. I've been playing. What did I play this week? I played Sifu. I played Act Razor Renaissance, which annoyed the hell out of me, and I had to stop playing. Um, and Division Two. What, what did I say? Sifu? Yes, said you said yeah. You're getting forgetful uh, in your old age, Tricky. Make Sifu just the first. Sifu is the first thing you said, and that was like ten seconds. No, ago. It, well, it's because how much Act Razor annoyed the hell out of me. Um, well, then why'd you play it? I loved that game on the PS uh, uh, SNES, and it, did, I mean, don't get me wrong. Did it not age well? It. I don't remember. Being interrupted every five seconds for some kind of tutorial or some kind of message. Now, maybe maybe that doesn't happen after the first town, but it's like I I did the I did the fight, opened up the town, and it's like every five seconds I'm trying to do something, and some and the angel will pop up going, "Hey, these people want this and this and this and this and this," and then five seconds later, same message. Yeah, they they. They they love you so much. They want your praise. Then five minutes late, five seconds later, yeah, uh, you might want to build the town. Well, I'm trying to build the town, but you keep fucking interrupting me. Uh, I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm just nitpicking. Uh, I mean, Act Razor is one of those games that's pure action, and you don't really want to be 
stopped so often to to kind of stifle it's, the game. It's so many interruptions, so many interruptions. Now I'm interested to uh, feed to like how you feel about Sifu because that's a game we all talked about. We all knew it was coming out. It was coming out in the very crowded launch month of what Dead by Daylight Two, Forbidden West, and Elden Ring, and uh, gotten some praise. But I don't think any of us have played it yet. So, what's the dish on Sifu? I like it, but it's uh, it's bringing in a, a frustration I have with video games, which I, I it might just be my issue, or I I, I don't know. I, I really when you're fighting when you're playing a game, okay, and it's an action adventure game. If I'm punching you in the face. You should not, unless you're a big, you know, overpowered enemy, you should not be able to just take a punch in the face and all of a sudden hit me with a, a roundhouse kick that I'm not able to block when the game heavily relies relies on you being able to block and parry. That annoys the hell out of me. I, I'm, 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 I'm messing up these guys, and all of a sudden I'll get hit by the enemy I'm punching in the face with a roundhouse kick. They kick high. But you should not be able to kick as I'm punching you in the face. Their kung fu is strong. It's it's, it's annoying. Uh, but it, it seems like a very attainable platinum. Uh, I think the hardest thing is you have to beat the game. Without dying. Without uh, aging five years. Oh, five years. Beat, uh, That's what it is. Yep. So you can't die f- four times? You can die four times, can't die five. No, you can die five times because you start at level tw- you start at age twenty. Oh, okay. So you gotta die five times. But I, there's a there's a shrine that takes off years of your life. Yes. So there's uh you got that shrine and they said it's it's you could use it a bunch of times. But the, it, it it seems like the trophies that are associated with that game are a little I don't want to say trivial, but it it really is trivial. It's like, oh, you have to get to this area and you have to beat this guy before you defeat any other guys. And unless you looked at the trophy list, you would have no idea to know that's a trophy. It's not and there's collectibles, which I'm seeming to find a lot of collectibles, but in I've done two of the five levels already. Um and I found all but three collectibles. You know, without even really looking around. Uh, there's a trophy for getting to an area and completing it in under a minute and 20 seconds, but you're not allowed to take the shortcut. Um, and there's there's a trophy for sparing each boss and getting a talisman. But I did the first boss, and not knowing about the trophy, I killed him. And then I got to the second boss knowing about the trophy, and then I didn't have the option to, to not kill him. So I don't know if you kill one, then you're not allowed to kill the rest. But I do the I do know the final boss. Uh, you can't spare him unless you spared the other four. But I don't know if it goes in progression. So I may have to start this game over again. And you have to do like a, you have to do. It says you can get all the trophies in one playthrough, which I don't see how you could do that. But because there's one trophy for beating under 25, there's one trophy for beating under the age 50. And then there's a trophy for reaching age 75. Excuse me, I burped through that. So I don't know how you're going to get in one playthrough. 
Uh, but the game seems short enough. It says it takes eight to ten hours to get the platinum, so it's not that big of a deal. Uh, are, are you gonna go for the platinum? I don't know, cause I, like I said, that that punching thing it, it annoys me. Like I'm not trying to do a perfect run, like a no hit run, but if I'm fucking up your face, then you should not be able to just kick me. I, I, I don't know. I expected the game where they're doing realistic kung fu moves to be somewhat realistic. But, you know, it's also a video game. It's cartoony. So, like, maybe I'm expecting too much. No, I mean, like, you, Magic- you would think that if these games are trying to be more and more realistic that, you know, it, you know, at some point, you know, maybe you're fighting someone who's so much stronger than you in real life that they can take your punches and not give a shit. I guess that will happen. But in some cases, right. it sounds like, you know, you'll, like be in a fighting game or like a wrestling game or something like that and you're doing some offense and it's like it, it doesn't phase them and they just come back at you I don't know I can see that would be frustrating where you have all the momentum and your character is, is doing all the stuff and yet you're getting punished for it just because you know just because of arbitrary difficulty yeah uh, the one thing I will say about this game is if you die you don't go back to the end of the level so if you die you you can respawn and you respawn with full, full health at the exact same spot you died, and your enemies still have all the damage you put on them. So it's it, it's not frustrating, like, oh, you die, you have to go back. You die, you go back. Go die, you go back. But, you know, you can get through the game as long as you not, you know, die 50 times at the final boss. So. And there there's points associated with the level um, and whatnot, so... I recommend playing it, but to me it's frustrating. And Matt G says, I'm trying to apply real-world logic to video games. You're right. I am. All right. So let's get into what we're playing. Uh, we just did that. First, yeah, we just did that. Excuse me. Let's get into our news topics. I apologize. I misspoke. Um, The first one, it's a little, little confusing. I got to put there. Uh, This is coming from... Uh, the Sony Interactive Entertainment blog, not the PlayStation blog. This comes from the Sony in, in, Entertainment uh, blog. Um, introducing PlayStation Playmakers. Um, this week, we're welcoming a variety of cultural influence to the PlayStation family through global launch program, PlayStation Playmakers. We sat down with Eric Lempel, Senior Vice President and Head of Global Marketing at Sony Interactive Entertainment, to chat about the program and what fans can expect. Uh, they asked him what could we expect by PlayStation Playmakers and who they are. Uh, Eric said, they're a group of passionate PlayStation fans who also happen to be some of the most exciting creators, athletes, actors, artists, gamers, entertainers, and pop culture today. We're excited to partner with these Playmakers on an ongoing basis to celebrate their passion for gaming and PlayStation, provide early looks and behind-the-scenes access, and offer unique experience for the fans the Playmakers are a dynamic talent network that will continue to evolve and grow. They're part of our journey to inspire gaming fans and prove the power of play. Mm. Uh, so who are the PlayStation Playmakers? The blog asks. We're thrilled to welcome cultural ta- taste ma- makers from around the globe like NBA icon LeBron James, country music star Jimmy Allen, actor and comedian King Bach, professional BMX a- athlete Nigel Sylvester, WNBA All-Rookie Nalisa Smith, NFL stars Jamar Chase and C.D. Lamb, French f- football freestyle 
Lisa Zimbucci, Belgian football star Romulu Luku, Luke Aku, Brazilian content creator Julio Cesero, and a variety of other stars from worlds of gaming, sports, esports, and entertainment. Stay tuned to their social medias for more surprise and more fun surprises. Um, and the article goes on. But here's my question to you, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. They are launching this PlayStation Playmakers. Mm-hmm. Why are they not reaching out to the gamers? Because it's 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 a. I'm I'm rolling my eyes at this. When I saw so my. when I saw this, and then the thing you put under, and then the subject you got underneath this, I realized that all they're doing is just getting celebrities to back endorse. endorse their product. Which I mean, I'm sure the celebrities use it anyway. But I mean, to be honest with you, I could care less if a celebrity is endorsing your product. This isn't the '80s, Alex. Well, to be fair, it sounds like some of the people who play PlayStation are more famous than some of these people who they're, they've gotten this program because I didn't understand. I didn't even recognize the name that you said at all. So, oh, I mean, well, you know LeBron, huh? You know LeBron. Oh, well, I guess I missed that one. But like, you have like LeBron and a bunch of nobodies. Well, I mean, I knew I knew LeBron, uh, and of course I know Jamar and CD, and then that was about it because I don't do soccer or women's basketball, so. I mean, to be fair, I don't watch a lot of NFL anymore now that I don't do fancy football, but just, I don't know. Um, yeah, that would make sense, but I guess the appeal of sports, you know, pulls more people in. Like, I, I yeah, I don't know. I, I guess just having celebrities of any note, they expect to pull more mainstream people in, but if you're pulling those mainstream people in if with, like, sports, like, with, like, athletes – then you're going to bring in people who just want to play sports games. Maybe I I don't know. Maybe maybe there's more of a base than that. Maybe they want to play some sports games and some bug snacks or some Ghost of Tsushima. I I don't know. But yeah, I mean, honestly, pulling in people who already play video games doesn't get mainstream people because mainstream people are not going to know who those people are or care. And then a lot of the people who play games like may not care about some of the athletes because well they may not care about sports I mean Yield does I mean Tricky like, cares about sports I've gotten you know I used to care about more about sports but I don't anymore I I don't know I guess like their their idea is like we want to pull more mainstream people in to grow our audience because let's be honest more casual players is where you're going to grow your audience everybody who has owned a Playstation or you know has been a long time Playstation fan is already you know sold on the product sold on the game so you're just trying to bring in people who don't usually play games, you know, who may buy, buy like a couple games a year, but are not going to be as hardcore as we are. So I, it, it does right, nothing so, for me, but I can understand why they would choose athletes or more prominent names to the mainstream as opposed to people who are like on Twitch or like big in the video game industry. All right, as Yield referenced, uh, I had another article because our first collab is apparently been announced, and it's a collab with LeBron James. Um, in the article, it shows a uh, you know a video of a dual sense controller uh, spinning around, and it says it was designed uh, with LeBron James. It's basically just a bunch of Le- uh, LeBron James logos on it. Uh, you know, some king symbols uh, says nothing is uh, 
Hold on. Let me go back to it. Nothing is given. Everything is earned. It just looks like another dual sense that they just put like a skin over it. I mean, it doesn't look anything special to me. Yield, I, I assume you agree as well. Yeah. It doesn't look nothing fancy. Um, and, you know, they they have some uh, console uh, covers. Uh, basically the same thing. I don't know. Like, I mean, good for PlayStation, good for Sony, but this doesn't... I, I, I'm with Yield and Alice. Like, this does nothing to... For me to promote the brand. It's like you just shilling saying, Oh, look, LeBron James plays PlayStation. Well, and it's only gonna so. matter if you recognize the names. You know, if you are an NFL fan, you're gonna be the one to recognize the, the two players from the NFL. Otherwise you don't care. You know, LeBron James is somebody more people know, but unless you pay attention to those sports, you're not gonna know or care who any of these people are or what they're doing with their time outside of, you know, practice or playing a game, so yeah, and, and of course it does nothing for us because we're already sold on the PlayStation. We all own PS5s. So, yeah. It's... Yeah, yeah it, alright, we're going to move on. Our next topic is coming from PlayStationLifestyle.net and is written by Zarmenia Khan. <clears throat> Headline reads, PlayStation ordered to refund FIFA Ultimate Team Packs because they're gambling. I'm going to read this article, uh, the whole article is quick, but please go give it a click. An Austrian court has found that EA's FIFA Ultimate Team Packs constitute gambling and has ordered Sony to refund plaintiffs who filed the complaint as, as the packs were purchased via the PlayStation Store. FIFA Ultimate Team Packs are a major moneymaker for EA and often been likened to Game of Chance. The value of packs vary greatly and don't always reflect the money spent purchasing them. EA's response to the debate has been to remind parents that children should not be purchased in the packs, but if a for former employee caught selling rare Ultimate Team Packs for cash is any indication, EA knows there's a thin line between these packs and gambling if there is one at all. Since the lawsuit was filed by a small group, Sony has been ordered to refund the minuscule amount according to Notebook Check, but the company is expected to appeal the decision not because not doing so will set a precedent that will certainly open the door for more lawsuits in the future. Neither EA nor Sony have responded publicly to the news, and FIFA is unlikely to release a statement since they have parted ways with EA. That is the entire article. I know we've talked about this somewhat in the past, so Alex, we'll start with you. Do you think buying things like this are gambling, and should Sony be held responsible for that? I think that there needs to be more regulation on stuff like this in video games because, to me, if if you buy something and you don't know what you're getting, like, if you buy... It's, it's why in, like, Rocket League, they change from the loot boxes to blueprints, which you know exactly. They say, this is how much you have to pay for it, and this is exactly what you're getting. If you don't know what you're getting for your money, it's just random, that's, that's, that's um, gambling. Because you don't know, it's like there's a chance that you're not going to get something you want, or a chance you're going to get something completely worthless. So, unless you know exactly what you're getting for your money, to me it's gambling, and there needs to be some restrictions on that, and it, there needs to be more eyes on that. Do I think it's Sony's job to make up for that? Well, if there's some kind of lawsuit or decision, I mean, Sony's probably going to have to give some money back, but also then they need to go to EA or FIFA and say, we are hosting your game. This decision came out, and it's surrounding your game and stuff within your game. You need to pay us back, or we're taking these off our servers. So I think in the end, 
the responsibility lies with EA and FIFA. Or at least, if, if somebody's making the game, like, I, I think it, it relies, I guess I shouldn't say FIFA, but more so EA. Because EA is the one who put them in there. So I think that EA needs to be responsible for covering the cost of that, and not Sony. But I think there's also a responsibility for the players to understand that, yes, you are gambling with your money, and you may not get something you want or something you can use or something you already have, so you may get a duplicate. But in the end, EA made the game. They need to be the ones responsible for covering the cost of that. And if I were Sony, I would be yep. like, either pay us back for these costs or we're taking these games off, off our servers. Yield? <sighs> you know, I could see both sides of the fence for this. I feel more that it is kind of gambling, as Alex was saying, that, you know, if you you advertised everybody, hey, look at all this high-end stuff you can get when you buy these packs, and then you buy those packs, and then you get, you know, a skin instead of this super cool character or whatever that you were advertising then it's it 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 dangles along the false advertisement and gambling because you're showing all the shiny and then you're giving them pennies you know in that aspect so i mean and another problem with these things it, is that they're not giving you percentages of what what your percentages of getting certain things so they may advertise yeah. something well, I, so, I, I do know in some countries they uh it's been ordered that they are to uh, display somewhere. I don't know if it's on their website or within the game or whatnot, but they have to legally show, like, the chances of you getting whatever item you want. They have to show their percentages. And, and they should. Like, it should be regulated that everywhere that should be a thing. So it's just, it's one of the things of this, this philosophy took off like hotcakes and people made a killing off of it. And then... You know, when it was only one or two people, it wasn't not that big of a thing. But then all the industries like, hey, look, people are making money. Let's do this. And then it became more of a widespread problem of, of you know, hey, my kid spent thousands of dollars on this. And, oh, wait, they're really not getting what they bought. Oh, hey, this is, you know, so it's 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 a multitude of things that came to a head and that you you really I really don't think there should be random generators in the sense of hey spend five bucks and you could get something worth 20 you know it should just be you you pay for what you're getting if you want that super rare thing and it's 20 bucks well then you pay 20 bucks and then you if, if anything's random is here's this pool of super rare stuff it costs 20 bucks you can get one of these super rare things for 20 bucks. You can get one of these common things for five bucks. You know, if anything's random, then maybe it should be random like that. But that's the extent of it. I hope I well, answered the question. The, the, the question I have, and I'm not trying to be a Sony pony here, is this court ordered Sony to, re to refund this. Why are they not asking Xbox to refund the money because you know people are buying these on Xbox and if it's on Switch they gotta be you know they gotta be on Switch as well maybe it was just filed against Sony that doesn't seem right to me well I mean we don't know uh, unless we were to see the court order or the court documents 
it may have just been filed against Sony. I mean, that that's entirely possible. I'm just saying, you know, the headline is reading is PlayStation was ordered to refund, and it does say that the Sony, it, it's a minuscule amount, so we're not talking like millions of dollars here. I, it sounds to me like this small group is the one that has to be refunded, not everybody that's ever purchased one of these packs. Um, but I don't know. Like, I... I think Sony is right in appealing the decision because if this does go through, this is going to open up more lawsuits and more people are going to go, well, I, I, you know, I want back all my Ultimate Team packs. I want, and then Xbox, you know, players are going to say the same thing, and this just opened up the door. Um, I will tell you that you know, play the division. There is a uh, in-game random generator to get cosmetic items and skins and stuff like that, but. None of that involves real world money. That's all stuff that you earn in the game. After you reach a certain level, they give you uh, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, what they call the peril ca- uh, key, and then you go open the cash, um, and then you know you'll unlock things. And even if you don't get, like, you, if you get a duplicate item, uh, it gives you textiles in an exchange, and then eventually you'll get enough textiles where you don't even have to do the the cash anymore you can just go to the store and buy whatever you want with the textiles but i think this is because this is involved real world money and whatnot that that this is why it's a problem i don't know i like it's a fine line with me i think it's gambling but i don't think the stereotypical definition of gambling applies here Yes, it is a form of gambling because you're 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 paying real world money and you don't know what you're getting and you could lose. Yes, but I I, I don't see this as gambling. Like I'm going to a casino and I could lose my life savings type shit. Uh, maybe you guys disagree. I don't know. All right, moving on to our next topic. Uh, I got some sad news for you, gentlemen. The Wolf Among Us Two has been pushed back till next year. I thought in for effort a second you were going to say it's canceled. That'd be real sad news. No, it's been pushed back to next year in an effort to avoid crunch. This article is coming from IGN and is written by Rebecca Valentine. Today, Telltale Games has announced its long-awaited sequel to The Wolf Among Us is being pushed out of 2023 in an effort to avoid crunch and team burnout, as well as to accommodate a move from Unreal Engine 4 to 5. Speaking to IGN, Telltale CEO Jamie Adley explained that the team made a choice for a number of reasons, but primarily to avoid burnout or shipping an unfinished game. Quote, making games is difficult and they need time to be right, and it doesn't do any of us any good to ship something that's not ready. End quote. Adley explains that, like many other studios, the reestablished Telltale Games struggled with the challenges inherent to building a studio during COVID-19 pandemic. After being restructured by LCG Entertainment in 2019, following the shutdown of the original Telltale, Telltale unveiled The Wolf Longest Part uh, 2 at the Game Awards the following December, but the studio was still very in its early stages and the game in pre-production, and especially not using any of the previously developed material, and the new studio roughly two years away from being fully staffed. While at the time, it made sense to announce early to help secure funding and support for the new initiative, Adi admits that he, had he known then about the upcoming factors like the pandemic, he may not have made the same decision. I'm going to start this off by saying, good move. 
you came out and you said, listen, we announced this way too early. We had plans. The pandemic fucked us over. We're going to delay this because we don't want to do a crutch. I think this is a smart move. And it sounds like uh, whoever's running Telltale now, this Ali guy, is making the smart choices. Yield, I'll throw the floor to you. Uh, I'm okay with it because, I mean, I've always said, you know, for, if you're making a game better, it's fine to delay it. Um, I haven't even, I mean, I haven't even really started to get hyped for it. So now that you come out and said, oh, hey, the game's delayed, I'm like, oh, okay. All right, Alex? Yeah, I don't disagree with, you know, the reasons for pushing back a game. I, it's it's always a good decision. I mean, financially for your company, it may not be because you have to, you know, rearrange your forecast or edit your forecast for the year, which depending on which company you are can really hurt you when it comes to shareholders and whatnot. But I think that the most impressive thing is we just get honesty about it and then just being candid and saying, you know what, we kind of maybe announced this early. Maybe we shouldn't have. There were a lot of factors that went into it. Just explaining your decision and just being honest. Like transparency does a lot when it comes to trust. So you, when you hear stuff like this and you've got, and you've got someone who's just kind of like bearing it all and just kind of open with you, you tend to trust them more and be like, okay, I understand why this is a, a decision that's made and you know, I'm cool with this and we'll just wait for it and I'll play it when it comes out. So that's, I think that there needs to be more transparency in the ways of like, you know what, we fucked up and we're going to try to make it right. So you always have to applaud that. All right. Matt G says, just don't pull a skull and bones. Or Duke Nukem Forever, yeah. Well, Duke Nukem actually Forever actually came out. Well, it did. <laughs> All right, I'm going to skip over the next topic because uh, Yield really can't participate in the conversation, so I'm gonna, that was a bad decision by me putting that in the agenda. So we're going to move on to the next one. Uh, also come from IGN and written by Adam Bakers. EA is seemingly asking people if they want a Dead Space 2 or 3 remake. Following the launch of Dead Space Remake and its positive reception, EA seemingly asking select fans if they'd like to see a Dead Space 2 or 3 remake. As reported by Eurogamer, the survey in question was shared on Twitter. A developer on Gloomwood and it simply asked, how interested would you be in a similar remake of Dead Space 2 and how interested are you in in a similar remake of Dead Space 3? Uh, it seems like a pretty standard question with responses ranging from not at all interested to extremely interested, but it shows EA is at least entertaining the idea. It shouldn't come as any surprise to anyone, but it's always nice to see these questions being asked. All right, that's where I'm going to start reading the article and throw it to Alex first. Alex, should more developers put out surveys like this asking about stuff, or should they just, well, make their own decisions and uh, surprise us? Well, obviously, it came out that you know a, a remake of Dead Space Two and Dead Space Three was going to be dependent upon the sales of the of the remake of the first Dead Space, which makes total sense. If you know nobody buys it, you're not going to remake spend the money to remake the second game because I'm sure a remake being built from the ground up, and with how much work they put into EA Motive put into Dead Space the remake, it costs a lot of money. So, obviously, you want to divert your money to and your focus to other projects if the ones you're doing aren't going to bring you money, but straight up just asking people like I, I think that that is a good indicator of of what you know people want I mean there are n- a numerous different factors depends on where you're asking it you know you may be asking the poll somewhere where only people like if you're doing it on EA's website only people that go to that website are going to see it and vote in it if you're only doing it on IGN 
only people who go to IGN are going to see it and vote on it. So you have to be careful about where you place the, the poll because you may not really get uh, a very true sample of, of what the audience wants. But in the end, it is good to ask people, but in the end, I think that sales are really going to determine what it's all about money. And sales are going to determine whether or not we get a, a 2 and a 3 remake. Now, I have to say that I've seen a lot of people who enjoyed the original Dead Space and the remake say they want a remake of number 2, and I would like to see a remake of number 2. 3 is probably not so much because 3 wasn't a great game, or at least from what I heard. I mean, it uh, even if you liked action games, I've heard it's a bit of a mess when it when it comes to you know the game, so... I don't think Dead Space fans really hold that one in high regard simply because they stepped away from the the formula that made Dead Space and Dead Space 2 so appealing. So I can't imagine that many people are saying, yes, make it remake of Dead Space 3. They're probably like, make remake Dead Space 2 and then make a third one anew. Don't don't remake well, it. Just make a new Dead Space 3. So, Well, somebody on Reset Error uh, by the name of Jersey underscore Tom said, Dead Space 3 needs to be reimagined entirely to remove the crafting mechanics and possibly redo some story beats to not have so much of that story's content locked behind co-op and which character you're playing as. So much of that game was ruined because of EA's meddling through microtransactions and the mistaken idea that Dead Space fans were interested in an Resident Evil 5-esque co-op experience. Yeah, so... I honestly, though, I think that, you know, I think a lot of people really would be looking for a brand new Dead Space. I mean, not saying you can't take some of the settings and the general ideas from Dead Space 3 and make another Dead Space game, but who knows, like, do you even need to remake Dead Space 2? I guess, are the options remake it or give us a brand new game? I don't know. I would be happy with either, but because to me... Like I said, I think that the first game is the the real jewel of the franchise. Not that Dead Space 2 isn't good, not that Dead Space 2 didn't do things better than the first game, but I think the remake has improved the first game so much, and the bosses are better in the first game, and the setting of the Ishimura is just far more iconic to me than the sprawl. And this is kind of one of those series where if you had just stopped at one game, the story would have been just perfectly fine. You know, it kind of left you on a cliffhanger, but... This is a horror story that could be self-contained to one game, and you didn't need to do a second one, even though the second one game was good. So I'm kind of torn between, do I want to remake a number two because it's been so long since I played it, or you know, do I want a brand new Dead Space game? Because I think EA Motive could make a very good you know, Dead Space game if they were given the reins to do something brand new. But then you got to ask, okay, well, is Dead Space 2 not canon anymore because they remade the first one and... Now we've got a new one, and that kind of takes over where Dead Space 2 was, so I don't know. Just for the sake of it, maybe the best thing to do is to remake 2 and then make a new game later after that. But then, of course, then you got to wait longer for the new game, so I don't know. I honestly would almost, for me personally, would rather have a brand new game in the Dead Space universe instead of 2. Yield? Um, when you remake a, an older game like this, um, I think that it's... It's always good, I think, to maybe have it in your back pocket or discussion that, yeah, we might do two and three. and But instead of... I don't think it's a bad idea to, you know, to poll and ask the fans, hey, do you think, would you like a, a remake of two? But like Alex said, you can't just, you know, you've posted the one site 
you're only going to get votes from people who go to that site. So you got to kind of make it either for you either got to get the word out that you got to go here to vote or you got to make it available everywhere and then pull it from there. So I don't see, uh, I don't see, see any harm in asking the fans. Well, okay. I see this as different, uh, leg of the beast and because I don't have, I don't have a dog in this fight cause I, I'm not going to play dead space, but I look at this as going, you have somebody asking, would people be interested in either Dead Space or 2 or 3 remake, I see this as creating false hype. And the fact that you're putting this out there, and then somebody who would be extremely excited to see a Dead Space 2, you know, you're putting it out there that we're thinking about making it, but ultimately if you don't release this game, I think you're creating false hype. Do you, do you, either one of you, like somewhat agree with me or am I just totally off base no I agree with what I, I, I see what you're saying yeah but I also think right. that you asking I don't know they're, they're trying to use as many tools as they have in the toolbox to get as much information as they can before they put out a new one but again is a poll which has what I don't know how many people have voted in it but tens of thousands of people saying yes or no, is that really going to sway you versus the Trump card, which was how much money do we make from the the Dead Space remake we just did? So it's kind of at this point maybe just kind of a good showing more than anything, but it may be kind of hollow because sales and profit are going to trump everything else. So I'm bringing up the poll now to see if I can see if any, uh, how many people have voted. Uh, okay, it doesn't Oh, it's just an image of the poll. But I think I don't know if it's a false promise because I think that people have in their heads like that you know maybe maybe they're cha- I don't know I I don't necessarily think it's a false promise by putting a poll out there and saying hey do you would you all want this and because they're not given any criteria as to it's not like oh hey if you know twenty thousand people respond and twenty thousand you know eighteen thousand say yes then we'll make it like that I don't think that's you know any. I don't think that's a promise to make the games, but I also think that the poll itself, nice to get people's opinions, but again, I think it's kind of pointless when you're really just going to go off your sales data. True. All right, moving on. Uh, some more bad news coming out of Ubisoft. This is coming from IGN, written by Logan Plant. Beyond Good and Evil 2 studio director has reportedly been out at Ubisoft. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2 is facing even more development trouble as a new report says that the developer Ubisoft, Montrepeller, is undergoing a major leadership shakeup. According to a report, Ubisoft, Montrepeller staff were informed last week that their manager director was no longer with the company. Uh, I can't pronounce her name, so I'm not even going to try, but has been absent from the role since beginning of 2023 and no reason for his departure was given. Uh, he was rich, he was with Ubisoft for nearly two decades. Sources told Kotaku that Ubisoft Montreal is facing a, a labor investigation from local government authorities due to a high number of developers experiencing burnout and going on sick leave. An Ubisoft spoke, spokesperson told Kotaku that, quote, the multiplayer development team is undergoing a well-being assessment through a third party for preventive measures 
preventative measures and to evaluate where additional support may be needed, end quote. The report also said that creative director John Mark Gelfry and director Benjamin Dumas have been replaced in their roles as by former associate director Emile Morel and Charles Goldrin. Finally, sources told Kotaku that the developers are still struggling to nail down a fun and achievable creative vision for Beyond Good and Evil 2. This is six years after its initial reveal, Beyond Good and Evil 2 has still not entered full production. Last we heard of Beyond Good and Evil 2 in August when the project was brought on brought on a new lead writer. And yeah. So apparently Ubisoft's having more problems and they're firing their directors. Yield? Uh, I guess you shouldn't have announced this game six years ago because it's not sounding very good. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't this put out as like a crowd crowdfunding thing? Uh, that I don't remember. I just remember they showed that really sick trailer, and then we had we hadn't heard nothing until Ubisoft. It seems like they're going belly. They're not talking about belly up, but yields already put him in the grave. They're they're going they're going downhill and gaining speed. As I like to say, well, I mean, shit this rolls is, downhill fast. I mean, this is two games that Ubisoft have that are in development hell. We got this, and we got Skull and Bones that are in development hell right now. I, I don't know. I mean, we've always talked about, and, and many of us have said, that it's a management issue somewhere. And so them firing project leads, I'm surprised it took this long. Or at least, maybe they've done it all along. We just never heard about it, but this news tends to get out some way, somehow. But, yes, I mean... They haven't even started. Like, I'm sorry, scrap the project. If you haven't started, scrap it. it. Like, get out. Get out now, because it's obviously not working. And is that is that, like, wrong to say? Because I, I if you've had all uh, this time, all this time, and you can make a trailer, and you can conceive how these, these characters look in a newer age, which, by the way, you're probably going to have to change them, because, the, like, so stuff they've released is so long ago that maybe they, they're going to change the design or the look of the characters. I don't know. There's a very much shit or get off the, the pot feel to this entire situation. And I say that if... Just cut it loose. Cut the project loose. You may take some flack from it, for it, but clearly you're not capable of handling the situation as is right now. I agree. Alright. Uh, at this time, we're going to throw it across the pond to our man... Gareth with this week's Trophy Rarity Update. Hello and welcome back to a, another edition of the Rarity Update. Um, this is a late recording I'm trying to squeeze in after a busy day today, um, so hopefully it will hit the um, the podcast in time to be included, um, if not apologies. Um, I will get straight into it, um, as I said on the written version that Overall, it seems to be a bit of a quieter week this week. Um, the numbers are down overall in terms of points scored, platinums earned, um, rarest trophies, not as rare as they have been overall. Uh, although there was one particular one, which was uh, two particular ones, actually, that were very good. Um, the It is hard, actually, sort of 
I had a quiet week myself, and it is hard trying to sort of maintain that those high points um, by earning ultra rare or very rare trophies. Um, and sometimes you need to take a step back, take a break from it, and just enjoy what you're playing, regardless, and, and not even think about the contest. That's not even why this was set up. Was to uh, it was just as a an added extra bit of fun competition. So um, it doesn't matter where you are in the league, what you're doing, what you're playing, all it is bit of fun and I like to uh, exploit that fun out of you lot so um, starting at the league table bottom place no change Zach or one plat Zach uh, the bearded nerd is on minus one no movement from him this week uh, in terms of points games played trophies earned minus one 25th place Kalai is still in 24th on six points. Again, another um, person who didn't earn any trophies from this uh, week. And sitting just above her in 23rd place is Darth Knight, who did earn a couple of trophies and yeah, two points this week, taking him to 15 points. Uh, played a bit of Hogwarts Legacy. Um, and it looks like, speaking of Legacy, it looks like. It was legacy trophies that um, that did him the two points he's got because his rarest was 55.64%. Uh, there, there isn't much change in the bottom, so as, as you were for a lot of these and, until we get to 18th place. But in 22nd is Tross. Um, congratulations, by the way, on your um, anticipated arrival of your newborn. Um, enjoy having even less time to game. But... Uh, yeah, Tross had six points this week uh, and is on 33 points. It's still playing Hogwarts Legacy, which looks like it's a, a big game. I've, I have seen two people I know glitch. I think Dupes being one of them, but it does seem like there's a glitch collectible in that game, so beware of that. Um, next up after Tross is Styling. So I'm Styling on you, bro. Had a good week, despite not having his PlayStation since September. Uh, he had 13 points. Um, he had some increase in his ultra rare pro, um, trophies. Obviously, gaining coming up from very rare to ultra rare. But he had 13 points, so it takes him on to 59 points. In 20th place, still in 20th place, is Departed 570. He had another 20 point week. Uh, I think that was his best week so far of the contest. He's on a total of 77, so coming up to that 100 point mark. Um, and another Hogwarts Legacy, that's everybody who's earned a trophy up to this point, if they have earned one, is, has been from Hogwarts Legacy. So, proving to be a popular game, one that I'll anticipate picking up at some point. Not yet, never pay full price for a game. Um, in 19th place, and still in 19th place, is Tricky Mick. And he is on 84 points. He was level on 84 with uh, Jared for the past two weeks. Um, Jared has moved ahead now. Um, Tricky Mick's playing fairly, you know, well, a game I wouldn't have anticipated playing Sifu. Um, not supposed to be the easiest of games, albeit is nine points this week, taking to 84, which is all legacy because his rarest trophy was at 54.27% and that was in Sifu. Um, instead of sharing a points tally 
with Fred. He's actually doing it now with Riley, who's in at 84 points. He had seven points this week, and it's another Hogwarts legacy. Um, so he has dropped down thanks to sort of Jared's uh, increase and rise at the table. Um, another player to have dropped a position is Homer. Um, congratulations on getting your PS5. Um, I had to send Homer a message or, or get Yield to send Homer a message because he had locked down his uh, trophies to such an extent that they were no longer visible on PSN profiles. Uh, that has all been sorted. And he's uh, four points this week, uh, played a bit of Wild Hearts. Uh, he's on 87 points with three points ahead of Riley and Tricky. And then um, Jared was the, or Stink Palm was the big mover down the, towards the bottom. He had 20 points this week, a total of 95. So he's, I would expect him to be at the 100 point mark by next week. Um, and he's been earning some of the rarer trophies in the quarry. Um, and his rarest this week was at 18.26% for hard pass. Uh, Sadek is at next. He is in 15th place, which is where he seems to have been for quite some time. Another nine points this week, um, taking him to 118. Um, he's always sort of floating there and thereabouts on, the, on that number of weekly increase. Um, his rarest trophy was in Mortal Kombat 11. The next two players in 13th and 14th place um, both had negative points actually so 14th place was MZ um, he was minus 5 points taking him back down to 180 um, doing a bit of co-op with Yield Zombie Army 4 uh, a fairly decent trophy though 8.65% uh, uh, Dan Busters from that game and next is JT who has dropped down a place from 12 to 13th um, and he's minus four points this week so 209 points so 39 points clear of MZ um, and his rarest trophy was at 30.64% I think he's playing Tales of Arise I believe um, so up one place from 13th up to 12 so exchanging places with JT is resident Daryl. Uh, he had a, a good week uh, for him, so better than some of his previous weeks, but 27 points, that's good from him. He's six points clear of JT on 215 points, and uh, his rarest trophy this week was another decent one. It's a rare trophy, 18.87% in Modern Warfare 2. So Daryl is now on the climb up into 12th place, and he is chasing down his loot bros, podcast host um joseph who is on 267 points only a five point increase this week and he is playing tales arrives that means jt isn't playing tales arrives yet i've got them mixed up so i can't even remember what jt is playing but um yeah J um joe with five points 267 points overall playing tales of arrives um another move mover up which i did anticipate from when he joined is diego um edj3dg um rolls off your tongue that name um 20 points clear um of joe um, um 287 points 49 points this week um included a game completion tetris effect which is you know, got some really good trophies to earn for this, you know, for this contest. Uh, and that was actually the platinum in that 
uh, was the rarest trophy of the week as well. So uh, well done to you, Diego. 1.89%. Um, another decent week was from Yield. He had 53 points this week, uh, taking him to 340. So he's now across the 300-point barrier. Um, his rarest trophy was a, de- was a decent one again, very rare, 6.82% in, in defunct. But it seems as though that has a bugged platinum list. Um, so that it, I don't think it's unobtainable necessarily. I think he may need to revert back to a, 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 a non-patched version of the game if that's possible. But uh, yeah, he'll probably be looking to get that done at some point. But um, yeah, decent week from, from you, 53 points. And closing the gap on 8th place, um, Fictitious Donk, who it says he's climbed, which is true. Um, he had 80 points, but that 80 points does consist of two weeks worth because we didn't have his figures to hand last week due to sort of some kind of glitch on the PSL profiles, which had removed him temporarily from the leaderboards. So now we're back up to where we should be. He is on 13 points ahead of yield. Um, his rare rarest trophy was in theatre rhythm, uh, 21.19%. So the next group, the top seven, Jupes remains in seventh place, uh, 14 points this week. So he's starting to see now those uh, negatives not take effect or certainly not, not as bad as what they were so he's seems to be I think he's had positives the last two weeks he had four as I said 14 points 369 in total um so not a not a huge lead over CJ um but he has been playing Octopath Traveler uh, another new game Dupes does like his uh, his day ones um which so we'll see what happens to those trophies as they mature um in sixth place staying in sixth is the grounded gamer 16 points this week for him, taking him across the 400-point barrier. Um, and he was playing a bit of Arcade Paradise. 28.06% rarity is rarest. Um, and then we have um, Alex in making up the first person in the top five. So fifth place is Alex. He stays in fifth. It was a good week from Alex, though. 56 points. Um, I think he had a full game completion from start to finish this week. Uh, another space um, game, having just completed the uh, Dead Space Platinum, he has now gone and completed Heavenly Body. So um, well done to you, Alex, on that one. Um, and a decent Platinum at 10.24%. So he is on 545 points. Pulling away from Alex, though, is Marky Fraser, who... Um, did have a he was the highest scorer this week so well done to you mark uh, 119 points the only person to actually get above 100 points this week which is um unusual normally we've had sort of like two three four people at least sort of do it but yeah it was only mark that managed it um it does say on there that his rarest trophy is in gems of war that isn't the case um his rarest trophy which needs to be updated on the street is uh 0.48 percent so that actually gives him the rarest trophy of the whole contest not just the week um the reason i'd missed it was i know that the update was done when i did the update it was done on the 25th 
obviously he earned the trophy on the 25th, maybe an hour or two after I did the update. And when I hadn't gone that far back when I was going through the trophy. So um, it is included in the score. It's just not mentioned on the spreadsheet as of yet as a, uh, as a rare trophy. But well done to Mark, both on the points tally and on the uh, rarest trophy. So uh, he is on 639 points. So he is now closing the gap on, on Rick. Um, who is still in third place on 678 points. Um, 37 points this week again from Rick, uh, including the Platinum in, in Skyrim. So well done for that. Um, steady performance this week, I would say. Um, the last couple of weeks have been fairly steady. Um, but it has allowed me to nip in in second place, which is where I've maintained. Um I didn't score much more than Rick this week, 41 points um, with my rarest trophy coming in Knockout City, which I am working towards the platinum on it. it that's not going to come imminently though, because it's uh, because of the daily, the daily um, challenges trophy. You can, I need a hundred and then only three a day get released. So uh, yeah, it's at least 34 days that you've got to play for that to, to get that one. So I'm, I'm only about halfway through that probably. Um, but I'm on, I had 41 points this week and 752 in total. So 70 odd points ahead of, ahead of Rick, uh, in second place. And which is no surprise as you probably guessed already. Um, number one spot is held by Meese Goats a lot, George. So well done to you. He was close to hundred points, 98 points actually in total. Um, so another super week from him. He is now the first player to break the four-digit barrier. So he's on 1,080 points. He's been a massive lead of over 300. Um, so, yeah, you, you can't can't take that away from him. And he's, his rarest trophy was in Goat Simulator this week. So well done to everybody who's um, taken part this week and earned trophies this week towards the table. Um, there's... We'll go into the uh, rarest trophies of the week. So the rarest trophies from fifth to first is yield with forest fever in defunct at 6.82%. And that was for completing the level into the woods without dying or restarting. In fourth place is dupes, uh, his trophy mysteries of night sky in octopath traveler, 5.87%. And that was for completing Oswald and Particio's crossed path. Um, that may well be a, a trophy that becomes more common uh, looking at the description of that. I was at number three uh, with Point Guard in Knockout City at 5.83%, and that was for 1,000 knockout assists. Um, it's, yeah, so number two was a um, certified platinum Tetrasect. 1.89% by Diego. And number one is Mark Fraser, despite what it says on the sheet. Um, I, well, I can't tell you what game it is. I know I think it's Mortal Kombat X um, at 0.48%. Um, and I haven't got it. What's you have to do in that? But I know he has got it. So well done to you, Mark. Well done to Diego. Two really rare trophies on that, um, which actually affects the top five rarest trophies overall. With now the qualifying score to get into that top five is is um, Tetrasfect at one point eight nine percent, 
by Diego. That's in fifth place. Fourth place is Protein by Yield in Deep Rock Galactic. Third, uh, myself, you got cornered in Kickoff Revival at 1.14. Rick at Capcom Arcade Stadium, Hardcore Gamer at 0.84%. And now Mark Fraser in, with his 0.48%, which I will confirm for the next update what that entails and what trophy that is. So that brings us on to the weekly Platinums. Again, uh, not too many uh, compared to previous weeks. So we've got uh, Daryl playing Save Room for the second time. Um, obviously a different version this time, but he is uh, the Platinum on that, at, which is an 89.04% Platinum. Mies um, Goatsalot also played that game and Platinumed it. So well done to both of you for uh, Platinum that Rattalika game. Um, next is Mark Fraser, Pinball Heroes from PS Plus Premium, 82.74%. After that is JT, who actually got the Platinum Persona 5 Royal. Um, I thought that one would be a bit rarer than it is, but it but it isn't. It's a 43.66% trophy, because I hear that's a long game, so that's a quite high percentage for such a long game. Um, not one that I would touch, but still fairly impressive. Um, next up is Redbeard Rick for getting the Platinum in Skyrim for about the 19th time. So well done to Rick. Um, Alex in for getting his Platinum in Heavenly Bodies. Um, is he going to go for another space-themed game to make it hat-trick? Who knows? And the rarest Platinum of the week is Diego in, with Tetris Effect at 1.89%. Um, so that's it. Just to... That, I mean, that's basically the week in summary. I'll try to do it quick just so I can get it across to the guys to, to upload it. Um, it's been a busy, as I said, been a busy day. I will be un- announcing details of a little, and it will only be little, additional sort of competition that I'll be having within here just to earn yourself a either $10, £10, €10 Euro gift card. Um, it will be for completing a game. I'll give you an option, maybe a list of three, four or five games. You only need to qualify, you only need to complete one it has, it has to be 100 percent um the games won't will be a mix they won't be super tough what will happen is once you get that um once you've done that game and it appears on your list you will then go into a draw and the winner everyone for everyone who does it go into draw and the winner will receive the um the gift card psm gift card so uh, just a little one to uh, keep your eyes peeled out for uh, i'll probably announce it on the next audio or, or announce it in the Facebook group, Trophy Looting Group, what those games are. I just need to have a look through them to pick them out. Uh, but I'll try to make it a nice mix of uh, something for everybody. Um, as I said, they won't be uh, they won't be super meat boy-esque or anything like that. So it's uh, everyone will have a fair fair chance to do it. And if you complete it, you go for the draw. So, um, and that will run until the end of May. That is when the cutoff at that point to play that game will be. So uh, plenty of time to do it. Uh, whichever one you choose and as i said i will announce those at some point in due course but uh for now that is me done so enjoy your upcoming week uh enjoy the weekend ahead I'm not sure if there's going to be an audio next week unfortunately uh, there, i'm hoping there will be it's just that i'm away next weekend um it may also mean that the update for those who want to know and have asked when when i do the update and tend to do it on a saturday i may be doing the updates on a f- early to get it done and it might be a might be on the Friday evening GMT time zone just because uh, I'm going to be pretty occupied all weekend uh, as my golf starts again this weekend. So uh, I have a Saturday and Sunday all day um, 
doing that. So, um, yeah, that's me over and out. Um, hope you enjoyed the update, and, uh, yeah, catch you later. All right, so we're back. Um, uh, we I don't think we have any listener questions um, other than Joe saying, why is we early, which I don't know what he meant by that's early. But, you know, we can't do a show without hearing the sound, right? Time to check my social media, yeah. All right. So let's get into our questions. Yield, I'm going to let you go pick one or two. Which one do we talk about first? Two. Two. Do you know what two is? No. Okay. All right. So this is coming from medium.com and is written by Robert Workman. Uh, As far as I know, medium.com is like a blog site. Uh, I don't know if it's like an official like video game reporting site. So, uh, the article reads, So why do games get canceled anyway? It's kind of a crazy read-up on video games that get canceled for one reason or another. Some are obvious, like Sega decided it gets released in Propeller Arena online for the Dreamcast after what happened with 9-11. But some are mind-boggling, especially by today's standards. I came across a neat little video game that talks about uh, Jaguar fighting game called Vicious Cycle that never got released. It's kind of interesting considering that it looks somewhat competent, at least by 90 standards, but check it out for yourself. And he goes on. He goes, uh, your guess is as good as mine, but let's run down some of the more infamous cancellations and find out what happened. So some of these games you guys are obviously going to recognize. Some of these games you're uh, not going to care about. But NBA Elite 11. This one's uh, one of the interesting ones, as EA has had it all set to go in an effort to rejuvenate the often problematic basketball franchise. NBA Elite 11 was set to go out the door, but one week prior to release, it was decided to pull it because of the negative feedback coming from the demo that came out prior. They canceled the game despite it was already done, ready to go out the door, and just because someone discovered a video game where a player was stuck in, quote, Jesus pose, end quote, it's all for the better, I suppose, because NBA 2K is better anyway. But, man, I can't imagine all those copies of the game went in the trash, I suppose. So, I, I don't know if you guys remember this. Uh, I do remember this. How bad must your game have been that it was already done and you decided, you know, we're just not going to put it out? Well, the, like you said, that was supposed to be like a rebranding of the franchise. And if you get bad fe- feedback going out, like if you put out a stinker again... Have you pretty much killed your your basketball franchise for good? When you try to rebrand it, you fail again. So, I mean, obviously, if you spend all that, but mo- all that money, you, all that money you made to develop it, and you just like, you know what? We're not even going to try to recoup any of that money. We're just not going to release what, our what, game. What, the Batgirl movie from Warner Brothers was that that was one of the ones that recently canceled, or was it Supergirl? Yeah, no, the Batgirl. I, it, it was done. It was done. And I guess <clears> you got to ask at that point: Is this game going to do more harm than good if we release it? And yeah, like you make may make some money back on it, but if you essentially kill your franchise, what good does that do you? So yes, it must have been bad enough, or there must have been something about it. That they decided, you know what? I know we put all this money in it, but we we got to pull out. We can't do this. So, but I I I understand one hundred percent what you say, Dallas. But the game was done. Yeah, but there are two things and, that I can think of, and you know. Robert offers, I read the article, Robert offers a number of, like, you know, gives a bunch of examples of games that have been released, been canceled, and, like, I, I do have a small annoyance with this article in that Robert never comes to an answer. Like, he poses a question, but never comes to an answer. 
I guess his answer is like, it, right. you know, it really depends on, on each game being canceled. But really, to me, there are two reasons game being canceled. Money and um, controversy. That, you know, like he pointed out with 9-11, in the case of a certain game, like there are certain controversies or world events that will prevent you from putting something out because the amount of controversy and the bad PR is not worth the money you would make off that game. And of course, you know, just the mere fact of money where it's like, we're going to put this out, but it's going to financially hurt us because the game is so bad. So those are the two answers that I can think of when it comes to delay or like, because if a game is going to make you money and not harm your brand, of course you're putting it out. But as, as far as, you know, the NBA game goes, where you're calling it elite, are you going to put out a shite game and call it elite? I don't know. Like I, I guess it seems foolish to do to have a something complete and ready to go, but yet you pull it. But in the end, like, I mean, EA loves money. EA loves money. So they must have seen it as justified to just yank it. All right. Yield, your thoughts? You know, your game's done, and you pull it a week from release. It had to be pretty bad in that sense and if you're trying to rebrand it you you know I mean you killed it anyway because you never did it and up fixing it and releasing it so I think that was actually the last NBA game they released it's bad for the developmental team because obviously you let a bad game get through but I don't know I mean, right. I, I don't know why they we had to write an article. Why do games get canceled? They get canceled because um, the economics that we're in, you get canceled because you took took on too much. You got too big too fast, like Telltale. You consistently put out bad games or bad management. That's kind of the four areas that I see that why games get canceled. So I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of don't entirely understand why the, the article was written. All right. Well, let's, let's push on a little bit here. The next game also by EA visceral games, star Wars game. Uh, said so he says, this one just hurts for many reasons. Visceral games, the superstars behind dead space was set to release this alongside the writing talents of Amy Hennon. And what happens? EA scraps it and closes the studio because it wants to focus more on multiplayer games. No apologies, no signs of the project living on elsewhere, just a big screw it and the Battlefield front team takes over. A lot of good that did. Controversy surrounded loot boxes and the company's superstar Battlefield 2042 was anything but. But in the end, EA reversed course and made a single player games focus again like this year's uh, Dead Space and Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Still, the fact that Visceral and his dream project got shut down because of the publisher couldn't read the market totally sucks. Any comments on that, gentlemen? No, I think he's exactly right when it when he said that this one hurts because it seems like you know Amy Hennig and Visceral together to make a Star Wars game would be a win, but you know even after all the, all the controversy with Battlefront, Battlefront Two, specifically Battlefront Two. They still made Jedi Fallen Order, and they're making Jedi Survivor, so something good may come out of it. And then, you know, those are, you know, single-player games. Those are story-driven games, so 
It sucks that we'll never get to see it. Well, first of all, it sucks that they close Visceral completely. But the fact that, I mean, there is intrigue in, in wondering what they were working on, but they clearly, if the intention was to move away from single-player games, which EA has made jokes at the expense of single-player games before and people have called them out on social media for it, They've they've kind of reversed their course and they're like, okay, no, we're gonna we're still gonna do this because you know they still see money in them. So even if they've made some faux pas in that regard, they still are putting out some pretty good single player games every once in a while. So I mean, give them credit there. But I don't think there's anyone right. who is interested in Star Wars games who will deny that. Yeah, that did that didn't hurt. I think everyone would agree that we would have just liked to have seen or known what they were working on. Yield. Did we lose yield? Hey, for once it wasn't me. <laughs> I think we lost yield. Yield, are you muted? All right, we're going to move on to the next game. Uh, I don't know what happened with you yield. Wanna, I mean, I mean he's still on the call, right? Just try to wait for him, or you know, I mean, this is obviously the Star Wars, obviously, yield's wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh, we can. I don't know. You're, right, I mean, so you're, you're editing, watching. so it's your call. Well, I don't mind that. I just, I'm just i thinking about the uh, that we're live on Twitch. I mean, I guess we could vamp. Uh, I'm going to text him right now. Uh... Well, I mean, Tricky, you, I mean, what's your opinion on this? Because you obviously are a big fan of Amy Hennig being, you know, a, a big proponent of the Uncharted franchise. So, I mean, what what are your thoughts on this? You, you, you obviously play it's... the Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, so you're a fan. I'm a big Star Wars guy. I mean, to to be fair, I never really got hyped on this game because uh, I think, as you pointed out, we never really knew what this game was. Obviously, I like the writing of Amy Hennon. I think that uh, she could have done a fine job with this. It sucks that, it, you know, it was taken from her. I mean, didn't she leave Naughty Dog to join Visceral for this? If I remember correctly, that was her next big move. Was leaving? Well, she what? She didn't leave Naughty Dog, did she? She was let go. Wasn't? No, I think she left. Okay. I I think she left, and that's also what caused the uh, uh the the not I don't want to say relaunch of Uncharted 4's development, but that's when Bruce Daly and Neil Druckmann took over Uncharted Four, uh, and kind of rewrote the story a little bit. Um, I. I would love to see what this is, uh, but you know we never get a piece of it. Um, all right. So, the, well, back, back like, like looking at some of the articles about her leaving Naughty Dog, it says she was dismissed from Naughty Dog. Um, well, it also says in some places that Amy Hennig has left Naughty Dog. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you go if you go and look out, I mean, some people say she was forced out, others say she just left. So, I mean, there was controversy surrounding her departure from Naughty Dog. I do remember that, but sorry to to take over there from you. No, 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 no you're fine because I'm reading actually from Yield. Uh, Yield actually said his internet took a dump, um, and his phone won't load, and Skype kicked him off, so he can't come back. So, for the rest of the show, it's gonna be a two man show between me and you, sir. All right, I, th I think we can handle uh, it. 
I think we can handle it. All right, so I'm going to skip a couple games in here because he also talked about Fable Legends, uh, StarCraft Ghost, and Thrill Kill. But the other game, uh, which I thought, I think was a little bit of uh, controversy when it got canceled, was Star Wars 1313. Uh, it was set to take uh, set, set to take a big step forward in the franchise, introducing to a more mature-related style approach with some sweet action flourish and deep character development. But this time around, EA wasn't to blame for the game's cancellation. Disney was. When the company brought the, bought the rights to Star Wars for a cool $4 billion, it ceased most of the Lucas parts, LucasArts projects in development before shutting it down for good. That included 1313. There is a slight chance that the game could live on down the road, but for now, it remains dormant, hoping for the chance to reawaken again. I hope it gets it. Um, again, this is another game where we... We didn't really knew, know what was being done, but there was a lot of hype behind this game, Alex. As there generally tends to be when it comes to Star Wars games. You just you just have that kind of rabid fan base that when you're bringing that property into video games, it just kind of works. It's like peanut butter and chocolate. It just kind of, it, the combo works. All right. Um, okay, I'm just texting Yield back. I'm sorry. All right, so that is going to end us on that topic, but we do have another topic. Um, and I wish Yield was here for this because I, I, I'd like to get his opinions. Uh, this article is coming from PushSquare.com and is written by Sammy Barker. It says, The Last of Us co-director sparks the de- developer debate as he declares linear games are easier to make. Uh, Last of Us co-creator and longtime Naughty Dog game director Bruce Daly has sparked a developer debate on social media after declaring that linear games are easier to make. The insu- the the premise is is that the titles which have a set path, like Uncharted, Drake's Fortune, takes less of a toll on teams than giant open world releases such as Horizon Forbidden West. Developers agree with the point and. So, several developers agree with the point, and many fans are pointing out that they prefer a more guided experience overall. Quote, easier to make, more creatively interesting, and not a time suck to play, end quote, added one fan. Sounds like a win-win to me. Now, obviously, we're no nowhere nearly as formed as a veteran like Straley, but we can certainly see how a more linear title could easily be easier to develop than an open-world one, and there are obviously a fewer things that could potentially go wrong when you generally know the path the player is going to follow. Sandbox releases also have to populate their worlds with content, otherwise they feel empty and bland. So, I'm not going to read the rest of the article, but Alex, one, we're talking about Bruce Straley saying that they're easier to make, but you've often said that you don't like necessarily the big open world environments. You like a more linear story. Well, I can see where Bruce Daly is coming from because you kind of curate the experience to where you kind of limit to the, what the player can do, would make, which makes it easier to predict what the player is going to do in the game, which can in turn help you reduce bugs and issues within the game. In a big open world game, I mean, typically what are the style of games that have the most bugs? I mean, we make fun of Bethesda for all their the you know all the bugs in their games but they tend to make the big open games and that gives people more room to roam and you can't really play test for what everyone is going to do in a certain situation so you may have tested 99% of that game and then one person finds a rock that they fall through and then they're falling through the map and they they their game is bored so i totally agree or see not having an experience in making games i can totally see how bruce straley is what he's saying is correct so i mean i don't like 
I'm okay with some open games. I do like to play some open games, but it's it's the content of the game that matters. I don't like to play all open games because it's just too much to do. And I kind of like a guided experience because if you're a developer, you're trying to you know give people a certain experience. You're trying to tell your own story. You're trying to make them play in the universe the way the kind of the way you want them to, even if there is a little bit of wiggle room. But yeah, I mean you're you're getting to tell more of the story you want. Whereas like something like Hogwarts Legacy, you know you give people that sandbox and you're gonna you know you can't just expect them to to go off right away with the main quest. People are going to explore. They're going to explore Hogwarts. They're going to want to explore Hogsmeade, the surrounding areas. So as a developer. As a player, one maybe I'm 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 biased, but I would rather play a more linear experience. And as a developer, that's also what I'd rather you know work with because to me, like Australia said, it's just a lot easier to make that style of game. And there's not as much considerations as you have in a sandbox game. Is that is that something you would agree with? I I, I can see how it'd be easier to make, but I don't think it's that as fun to play. I like the exploration. I mean, we've both played God of War Ragnarok and um you got in the platinum. I'm two trophies away from the platinum. I just uh haven't gone back to try to get them yet. Um but God of War as cuz it was referenced in this article. That's why it's bringing to mind. Um that's a pretty uh linear story, but I like the idea of going off path to take care of a side mission here or there and it adds more context to the story, something that you may not have gotten um, otherwise. Because I I like the open world games and I agree that it takes longer to develop before it takes longer to play, but I think that adds into the experience. Like, Division has a linear story but it also has things you can go off on the side and do. I I think that's important in games to have. Well, you can um, also kind of fake it a little bit. Like with Dead Space, one of the things the remake did was you can kind of, they add side missions and you can go like back and forth between the different areas in Ishimura. It's still a very linear game, but that kind of gives you a little bit more freedom to where it's kind of like a faked openness. You know, you're still roaming the narrow corridors and you know the little a little bit of the outer area of the Ishimura, but there feels like more freedom, so it doesn't quite feel like get to point A, then to point B, then to point C, and just go in a straight shot because it's not exactly what you're doing. So you can play with it a little bit in the in like kind of like an illusion for people. You can play with it in that way, but I mean, sandbox games they're not always for everybody. So I mean, obviously I think that you would like them better than I do, but that doesn't mean like and with God of War like. Yeah, you have a linear story and side missions and stuff to go on, but you can't do Norse mythology and then just have, like, a bang, 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 like, in the original God of War. You kind of have to, and games have graduated a little bit to where Sony has, with, like, Ghost of Tsushima and Horizon, and even with Uncharted and the last, like, well, maybe not so The Last of Us as much, but Uncharted, where even if the game's not completely open it has some open parts to where they're incorporating that into all of their big games. Spider-Man is another game. Wolverine's probably going to be like that too, more open and less linear. So we're getting more away from the original Uncharted and more to something like Horizon, where it's just open. And we can only we can only and, hope and that, that games are as well-developed as Horizon, where a transition from one area to the next is just seamless. Yeah, and, and Naughty Dog did uh, start... 
I don't want to say teasing us, but they started exploring an open world inside of uh, Lost Legacy. You know, the, you got to a certain chapter, and then there was a big open world section, and then you could just come back, and, you know, you, you didn't have to do it in this order. You could do it in any order you wanted. So they started teasing us with it. And there was a little shades of that in The Last of Us Part Two as well. Um, not as much, but, you know. And I think that was opening the door to what they're making with fashions right now. Um. Yeah, I. I can see, the the frustration in an open world game, but I think, that also adds an extra element. And you know, while we're talking about this, I'll ask the uh, Twitch chat uh, if you guys have any opinions about open world versus linear games. Just write it in the chat. Um. Yeah, I I don't have a problem with open world games, but I think that they're not for everybody and. They can get annoying. Uh, I know I'm going to try to go back and get the platinum in uh, Black Flag. And one of the trophies in that game is you have to clear every island. And there's like a thousand islands, Alex. I think it's worse than what you had to do in Origins. I mean, that's that's a lot. I mean, I know that people love the sailing mechanic and just being on a ship in that game. And obviously that is what gave birth to the idea that, hey, we could do... Skull and Bones, and we, we've seen how that has turned out, but that's a lot. A Thousand Islands is a lot yeah. of gameplay. It's almost too oh, much. I, 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 I don't know if there's a Thousand Islands. I'm probably exaggerating a little bit. But see, the problem with doing it in, like, Assassin's Creed Black Flag is the fact that you don't exactly, like, sail up and, and dock. It's like this little island where there's one treasure chest on it, and you have to jump off the ship. You have to swim over to the island. You have to open the chest, and you have to swim back to your ship. Get back up. It's it like I don't was there sailing in Origins? There was. Yes, there were naval battles in Origins and you had to sail to certain areas. But I okay, so were there docks? Yeah, there were docks. Where like you okay. So like you understand like with a dock, you pull up to the dock, you hold down the triangle button and it docks it, and it's like your ship's there and then you know, you get off on the ground and whatnot and I, I don't know, it's just in Black Flag, it's just like, I'm dreading doing that. Well, All right, so Matt G in the chat says, So saying it's easier to make a linear game makes sense for the exact reasons the article stated. Open World does allow players to play their way, which can be satisfying, but sometimes we just want to play a linear game. There's room for both. When well done, both types of games have their pitfalls. Linear games can be boring when they don't keep the player's attention, Open worlds can be boring when it's filled with too much uh, with junk to do so. I agree. 100%. Well, I think that has been kind of an issue, and maybe Ubisoft decided to correct course on this instead of just making, you know, they made Origins, then they made Odyssey, then they made Valhalla. It's like bigger, bigger, bigger. The issue with those games is they give you a ton of space, but then they have to fill that space with stuff to do, and they have not been great at making unique things to do in every space. Like there were some areas of origins where in the desert you had maybe one or two things to do massive space but one or two things to do and it was like well why are we going to have this space to explore if there's nothing to do there so they kind of fell into that trap where it's like all right we have these all these areas now we got to figure out something to put in there just to justify that thing being there so i think that ubisoft in general especially with assassin's creed has been very guilty of that is just having just massive space to fill but not being a do but not being particularly great at filling it. That's, I mean, I don't know. You played the Assassin's Creed games too. 
I don't know if you feel the same way, but it just feels as they get bigger and bigger and bigger, it, it just takes it's more time the, to do the it, same amount of stuff. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why I haven't finished Valhalla is because I just feel like there's so much to do that, I, like, I go into a game session, and I'll play for, like, an hour or two, and I'll get done playing, and I'll be like, what did I really accomplish well, here? And let's be honest, like, that's the reason I don't want to play Odyssey or Valhalla. Like, I, I enjoyed Origins, again, pharaohs and gods and, and pyramids and, and Egypt. Like, that was, that's the star of that show. It's why I decided to play that game. But the idea of just jumping into those other games when, you know, Nitro told me how long it's taken him to get, to make progress in those games and beat those games. I'm just like, no, I don't want to. It's too massive. I don't, I don't want to do that. All right. So in this article, uh, they had a poll, uh, which, which do you prefer? Uh, out of 1,567 votes, 78% linear, say, linear games. So, that's a massive difference. All right. So, at this time, we're going to wrap up our show. Alex, uh, do you want to start us off with our shout-outs? I guess I can go ahead and do that, sir. Uh, give a shout-out to the uh, community, the fans, the fuel to the fire of this trophy horse pushing us forward you know some of y'all have been there i'm sure from the beginning or you know for hundreds and hundreds episodes but regardless of whether you've been here for 100 episodes or one episode we appreciate y'all because you all are the reason we keep doing this so thank you for your continued support give a shout out to tricky and to yield who dropped out of here and i'm a little disappointed i yield dropped out of here well i mean obviously but i kind of wanted to get his opinion on or at least some feedback from homer because uh Homer recently got his PlayStation 5, and, you know, he's talked a little bit of it in our text chat, but I'm just kind of curious what Homer's views are after holding out for so long, you know, finally taking the dive and just kind of his views on, on the PlayStation 5 and his first week with it. So, disappointed we didn't get to ask that, but maybe we'll we'll have that for next week. Um, give a shout-out to Gareth again for yet another great trophy update i did a little bit better this week scored a little bit more points thanks that you know after i got my cleaned up my dead space platinum and now i'm i'm finally able to focus on other things that might give me some more points but uh tremendous job as always gareth appreciate you sir and uh last but not least give a shout out to my awesome and loving girlfriend ashley i love you honey waiting on me to well actually no we have plenty of time for once we yes i was about to say time before the penultimate episode in season one of the last of us which hold on before we get out of here I did share something yes, with sir. you and Yield in our chats, and that was the article with I that we skipped. Well, why not? Why not talk about it if you don't mind? Do you want to talk about that a little now? Because it's just me and you. All right, we can do that. I, I just didn't. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't want to like exclude Yield from a part of the conversation. Uh, let me go back to the link. Here it is. So essentially, it's on uh, Craig Mazin, who is uh, the showrunner for the first season of The Last of Us as well as he did some writing for Chernobyl as well. So guys got some post-apocalyptic chops. He's commented on the uh, the second season, which I'm sure is, you know, it's already been renewed and, and going to cover The Last of Us Part Two. So Tricky, what what's uh, the article talking about? All right, so the article is from IGN and is written by Alex Stedman. Uh, HBO announced that there will be a season two of the f- critically acclaimed video game adap- ad- adaptation of The Last of Us, but it's clear that the showrunner Greg Craig Mason was thinking about the exit installment long before it was official. Uh, okay, this says it was updated January 30th. So this is a while back. I was going to say, because this show has been uh, announced for season two for a while. 
Uh, anyway, back to the article. After the announcement, game creator and show executive producer Neil Druckmann revealed on Twitter that Season 2 would follow the story of The Last of Us Part 2. Speaking at IGN's uh, Last of Us Red Carpet premiere, Mason revealed that they already started to talk about how they would adapt Part 2. Quote, it's a big animal to take apart, you know, because it's a much bigger story and it's more complicated story and a beautiful story, end quote. Uh, he also says it's more uh, more than a season's worth of television for sure. Uh, okay, so nothing really else to say there. Now, Alex, let's do this. Try not to spoil The Last of Us Part 2. Um, I have a theory when it comes to the show, and I hope you can indulge me for a second here. Um, I think... With how long it took the show, the the Last of Us, to uh, in the process of trying to move this over to a visual media, uh, they tried to do it as a movie for a long time. They couldn't get it done, and then uh, HBO picked them up. I think HBO turned around and said, "Okay, we're going to give you nine episodes to do this," and without them knowing that they'll get a season two because of all the development held before. They tried to pack the first game into the first season, and now I think they're kind of stuck in a, a hole because now they have to produce for season two, and now they're able to stretch it out. I think if they knew from the start that they were getting a season two, I think season one and season two, or you know possibly a season three, could have covered the first game to provide multiple seasons for the show. I think now, I, I don't want to say like, they're backpedaling a little bit, but I think they're starting to realize, okay, we're going to, ha- this is actually a good, good show. It's probably going to get renewed. We have to try to stretch this out a little bit more. And I think this is just more PR talk saying, okay, we can do this for two or three more seasons, you know, trying to, to push HBO to say, okay, we're going to give them a season three, or we're going to give them a season four, because if they do the last of us part two in just season two, they don't have a season three unless, they write out the story or somehow we get the last of us part three before season three of the show comes out. Your thoughts, Alex. I mean, we don't even know if they're even know if they're going to do the last of us part three, because they've come out and said that we don't necessarily have to do it. They felt like, and they being Neil Druckmann has, has said that they feel like they had a good ending with last of us part two and they could leave it there and be fully satisfied with where they took the story. Obviously you and I disagree. I disagree. Yes, we do. But I know I think that the the second game is longer than the first one and we're talking like there's a natural split in the season where there's a first half of the game and a second half of the game. Season 2 could be the first half of the game and then season 3 could be the second uh, the second half of number 2. So there's that's what I think that that's what I think they're going to yeah, do honestly. Because I mean honestly after the first half of that game at the halfway point I was like my god, I'm so exhausted from playing this game like just mentally torn up. And then it's like, oh shit, there's another half of the game. Are you kidding me? So I think that doing the story, making the decisions they made, and, and you know, trying to explain actions of each character, and giving each of the main characters kind of time to on screen to explain themselves, they'll spend one half of the season doing one character's point of view, and then the other half, and then and then the next season three on the other character's point of view. Or who knows, maybe they'll mix and match and say go back and forth between the two characters. Although I think that would be much harder and might be more confusing for people. So, And I, I and honestly, if they uh, if they match the first half of the game for season two and match the second half of the game for season three, 
I think honestly they're going to lose viewers on season three. Well, I think because I a think, lot of a lot of people did not like that part of the game. No, they didn't, and I think that honestly they're going to lose people anyway, just because people know what's coming. Now, people who haven't played the game may not. But I honestly think they may see a de- decrease for season two because there are so many fans who will not watch it. I may not even watch it. I'm going to be honest with you because I don't necessarily know if I want to see that again. So I think they'll lose people for season two, which will suck because if they lose enough people, are they going to say, all right, we can't do a season three? Because, I mean, but you think that HBO, given the controversy surrounding part two, you think that HBO has probably seen that and they're probably aware and it's been discussed with Evan Wells and Neil Druckmann, who are, you know, co-presidents of Naughty Dog. That's probably been something that's put out on the table, so. But who knows, if season two doesn't do as well, do they even make season three? Okay, but then if they if they go with the plans that they're going to get season three, and then season three doesn't happen, then you'll leave in The Last of Us Part Two story half-finished. They've done that. They've done that so before. I think that They've I th- left TV shows unfinished. Yeah, I, but... That always leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. Um, th- does it happen? Absolutely, but I, I, I don't. Know. I think, I think they 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 built themselves, paid themselves into the corner with the the way they did season one, because as we talked about like um, a couple times with me and Daryl on the the Patreon episodes, we got two episodes left, and you know without spoiling anything. They got a lot of ground to cover in two episodes. I don't know. I think I think they can get it done because it feels like we've gotten to, as long as it took us to play through the original Last of Us, and you played it more recently than I have, but it feels like, you know, that scene at the college, in the game, you were at the college far longer than they were. So what were the, they were in the college, yes. what, 20 minutes maybe? It, in the show, yeah, yeah. It wasn't very long. And I, and I think, see, I, I, I think, I, I don't want to spoil the Patreon episodes. Um, yeah, I, I'm very interested to see what's going to happen on tonight's episode. Uh, so, we'll, we'll, we'll know more about how much they're covering because, uh, without spoiling anything, tonight obviously they're going into the whole, uh, David section of the game. So. It's gonna be interesting to see how Which this this will be a rough where watch. this this is gonna be a rough watch and uh, it's gonna be interesting to see where they end this episode to start the next episode. So, all right, Alex, uh, you ready to do shout outs? I'm gonna wrap it up. I just want to give a shout out to all the listeners. Thank you to Nitro, Matt G, uh, V's in the chat. Although she didn't say anything, I see you there lurking. You're always lurking the the my streams. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you very much. Sweet Mama D, uh, the goddess, everybody that listens, everybody comes into the Twitch chat. Appreciate it. And if there's nothing else, until next week, happy trophy. Later.
The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. 